So Kim, I thought you were going to mention something when you took the microphone, but you didn't. We are starting uh, another special prayer project that Kim has felt uh, God tugging at her heart to kind of organize. If you go down our, our hallway here, you will find a whole bunch of stars on the wall. The prayer project that we're starting on now is going to be to pray specifically for our school. There are 592 individuals who are involved in our school. Students, teachers, administrators, custodians, 592. We have a star for every name of every person in our school. Now, the last time I checked, there's only 499 people in Bertha, so I don't know quite how we end up with 592 in the school. But that goes to tell you that there is there's more happening than just Bertha, isn't there? We and we are praying. And it is Hewitt. Well, we don't talk about Hewitt. But of course, Hewitt. And of course, we have students from all around. Um, we are going to be spending 40 days, and in your bulletin, there's a little calendar. Um, we're just asking that each day you would take the calendar and just pray for that. And if you would go down and look at the names on that wall, 592 souls, people. I hope that you will join us in prayer. And of course, there's, a, there's days in the prayer calendar for those homeschoolers, parents, and kids that are learning it from home. We've, we've got much to be praying about, don't we? So, I hope you'll join with that. Jesus is alive. Death could not hold Jesus. Christ is risen. That was, I already told you how to do this. Let's try that again. Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. He has risen indeed. Did you know that there's a reason why we have church on Sundays? probably figured it out. We have church on Sundays because that's the day that Jesus rose from the dead. The Jews, their Sabbath is what we call Saturday. So when the church, the early church, decided to start worshiping on Sunday, that was a change. That was different. See, in the ancient world at the time of Jesus, Sunday was a work day. Sunday was the first day of the week. And if you read the accounts of Jesus, when he rose, he rose on the first day of the week. So Sunday was their Monday. Does that make sense? And yet, it was so impactful, so completely changing of everything when Jesus rose on Sunday, that Sunday became the new day of praise and worship. And the reason we get together now on Sunday is because it's the day when Jesus rose from the dead. Sunday, the first day of the week, became the day that we celebrate. Today is Resurrection Day. Resurrection Sunday. Today is the most important day on the church calendar. Because today we celebrate the most important of all of the days 
that have ever been. Jesus is alive, and death has been defeated. Lord, as we open up your word today, it's with expectation. We desire, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us from your word. Help us, maybe, to see a new perspective on this amazing, most important day. We desire to see you. Give us a glimpse, Lord God. A glimpse of your majesty. Amen. Well, today is the most important holiday of the entire year. I know Christmas is good. I know. But today is the most important day. Because Resurrection Sunday is the most important day in all of human history. It is the hinge point of all history. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the turning point. It is the day when everything, when all history changes. And up until Jesus' resurrection, did you know that death was victorious? Until Jesus, death was victorious. But you see, Jesus' victory over death changed everything. The most important moment in all of human history was when Jesus rose from the dead. But I wonder, imagine if you didn't recognize what had happened. Imagine if you missed it. Hmm. What would that be like to miss the most important day in all of history? Tonight I want to start with a short passage of scripture that might not seem like it connects to Easter. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter 6. We're going to be looking at a very short section in Mark chapter 6. This passage, it jumped off the page to Jack Moore, Mr. Guy in the Sound booth back there. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Jack and, and our group, it's Jack, myself, and John Fox. We are reading the Bible together. And we got to Mark 6, and this passage jumped off the page at Jack because he saw something in it that he'd never seen before. And when he shared this with John and I, I said to Jack, that preaches. And it became clear to me that I needed to actually to preach it. So here it is. Mark chapter 6, verses 45 through 48. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars, because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by. Do you have that picture in your mind? This is a famous story of Jesus. Not one usually talked about on Easter Sunday, but it connects. The disciples, build this picture in your brain. The disciples were straining at the oars. Can you see them in this boat? The wind was blowing against them. The wind was howling. The disciples are trying their best to row. And can you imagine the spray of the lake blasting in their face as they're trying to make their way across this vast body of water. 
And then, he was about to pass them by. Consider the power of that verse, would you? What would have happened if the disciples hadn't looked up from their straining at the oars? Jesus might have just kept on walking. What if they hadn't seen Jesus walking on the water? What if they hadn't recognized Jesus? He was about to pass them by. I don't know. Now look what happens next, the next three verses. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out, because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. They cried out. They didn't know what to make of it. They, they might have been scared, but they cried out. And when they did, Jesus came to them. He entered the boat with them, and he calmed the storm. It matters that they recognized Jesus, doesn't it? And if they had only been toiling at the oars, and they had not looked up, what would have happened? Now, how does that fit in with the Easter story? I think it fits in quite powerfully. When Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible records that many people did not immediately recognize Jesus. You know, it's, it's interesting because Jesus told his disciples on three separate occasions that he was going to die, he was going to be murdered, and then he was going to rise again in three days. Look at Mark chapter 9, verses 30 through 32. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. Jesus, I mean, you can't get much more plain than he said I'm going to be killed and rise from the dead in three days, and the disciples did not understand it. And then Jesus taught them this plainly, but they just did it just didn't sink in. I mean, when Jesus was, was arrested and beaten and the, the trial and then the crucifixion, the disciples were scared out of their minds. In fact, when you read the accounts of Jesus' death on the cross, it wasn't the disciples of the cross. It was, it was the women, not the twelve disciples, it was the women. If the disciples had believed that Jesus was going to be risen in three days, why weren't they there? Why did Peter deny Jesus? Why did all of the disciples scatter? Because they didn't understand. And they were scared. You know, it's kind of amazing. The disciples did not understand what was going on when Jesus had told them so plainly. But even Jesus' enemies knew what Jesus had said. Look at Matthew 27, 62 and 63. The next day, so that's the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, 
After three days, I will rise again. Jesus saying that he was going to rise from the dead in three days was not a secret. Jesus' enemies, who had gotten him crucified, knew that he had said that. They were aware that Jesus had claimed he was going to rise from the dead. In fact, that's the reason they put a guard in front of the tomb. Look, the, the next three verses from this passage, verses 64 through 66. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go, make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. On Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene found the tomb of Jesus empty. But she didn't understand what had happened. And I want you to listen now to the account of Mary and how she didn't recognize Jesus at first, but then what happened when she did. Look at John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. But Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener. I love that. Thinking he was the gardener. She said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord! And she told them that he had said these things to her. Isn't that interesting? When Mary first saw Jesus, she thought he was the gardener. I mean, I don't know if Jesus was wearing coveralls, or, I mean, did he have a hoe? Like, did he have a rake? I, I think it's so strange. I mean, she thought he was the gardener? And it was when Jesus said her name, that everything changed. And she realized the promises were true. Jesus had risen from the dead. But Mary Magdalene wasn't the only one who didn't recognize Jesus immediately. Let's look at another story. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, 
Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true! The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. They didn't recognize Jesus. And even when Jesus opened the word to them, they still, th th their hearts were burning, but they didn't recognize him. And then, when he broke bread, their hearts, their eyes, their minds were opened, and they realized Christ is alive. He is risen. Powerful story. But there's one more. There's one more story recorded in the scripture of people not recognizing Jesus after he rose from the dead. John 21, 2-13. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord! As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning, 
They saw a fire of burning coals where the fish with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. They didn't recognize Jesus until, until when? Until the provision of the Lord. Jesus called out Mary's name and she recognized. Jesus broke bread and they recognized. Jesus gave them provision and they recognized. I've just read to you three different accounts of people who didn't immediately recognize Jesus after he came back from the dead. Do you see the unique connection of these three accounts with the account of Jesus walking on the water? I see something similar. Remember what Jesus did as he walked on the water. He was about to pass them by. Until they looked up from their oars and they saw and they recognized Jesus. What if Mary had just assumed that Jesus was the gardener and never realized that he was Jesus? What if when Jesus said, Mary, she just went, how do you know my name, random gardener? What if the disciples on the road to Emmaus never realized who Jesus' companion was? What if Jesus broke the bread and they said, thank you, I'll take two? What if Peter and the other disciples had just decided to ignore the stranger on the shore and just collect the fish? Oh, that guy on the shore was pretty lucky. He was pretty lucky. That was a pretty good coincidence, wasn't it? What if we never look deeper at our own lives and recognize the risen Jesus walking with us. What if the struggle that you're going through seems too heavy? What if the burden is too much and you never look up from the orbs? What if we're so tangled up in our grief our sadness, and the difficulties of life that we fail to recognize Jesus is in the garden with us? What if we're so intent on our destination in life, so intent on getting to where we're trying to go, that we don't realize that Jesus has been with us and opening the scriptures to us along the way? What if we fail to listen to Jesus as he gives us all we need. I believe that the resurrection of Jesus changes everything. 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 And I believe that Jesus is with us, calling you by name. 
I believe that Jesus is with us in the struggle at the oars. I believe that Jesus is with us as we are so concerned about getting to where we want to go. I believe that Jesus is with us when we fish all day and then he provides exactly what we need and more than we can even handle. Jesus' resurrection changes everything. Before Jesus' resurrection, death was victorious. And any tyrant could simply threaten you with death. And that's the ultimate threat. After Jesus, death no longer need to be feared. There is nothing that man can do to us. Because we have the victory over the ultimate weapon. We now possess victory over the one thing that tyrants and dictators and monsters could control us with. Nothing can hold us down because we have victory over death. And Jesus is with us. The risen Christ is walking alongside you as you strain at the oars. It feels like a strain though, doesn't it? It's been hard. And we look at what's going on in the world and we look at Ukraine and we think, Lord, why? Don't you have the power? And Jesus in the garden smiles and says, Jason, I have victory over death. We've already won. Death is a defeated enemy. And Jesus walks with us. Will you look up from the orbs? Will you talk with Jesus as you're on your way and not be so concerned about getting there? Will you trust Jesus for the provision he's ready to give you with just a word? What do you need to change in your life? so that you can start recognizing the risen Jesus all around you. May I make a suggestion? Perhaps it's time for you to begin to get intentional about your life with Jesus. Is it time to start getting intentional about looking and recognizing Jesus around you? Is it time to start saying, Jesus is calling my name? Jesus is in the garden with me. Jesus is on the water as I'm straining at the oars. Jesus is ready to give me the word in which the provision will be given. He is risen. All you have to do is look up and see him. He's ready to give you. Well, I'd like to leave you with something practical. That's nice. It is good. It's wonderful. So what practical thing? What practical thing can we take from this resurrection Sunday? Well, two very small things. A place to start. If you want to get to know Jesus, He wants to get to know you. Read the Word. Make a commitment 
today, on this Resurrection Sunday, to begin reading the Word. Don't make it complicated. Uh, read one chapter a day. That's it. One chapter a day. So just start. If you're looking for a place to start, try the Gospel of John. But really, start wherever the Lord leads you. Just read one chapter a day before you read pray. Ask God to speak to you. And I'm telling you, something really amazing happens when you get serious about reading God's Word. John? Jack? It's been surprising, hasn't it? We've decided to read the Word together. Not because we have to, not because it's the right way to do it, but because we want to. Because we want the Lord to speak to us. You know, it's amazing that there's some scripture that Jeremiah 29, 13. This is the Lord. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Do you want to know the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in your life? You've got to seek after Jesus. Look for Him. Recognize Him in your every day. And in the New Testament, James 4.8, this is on our church sign. Come near to God and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Come near to God and He will come near to you. Do you understand how this works? God's a perfect gentleman. He will not go where He is not invited. Take this moment on this Resurrection Sunday, this moment of recognition of Jesus, and now apply it to your life. Engage with the Scripture. If you need to gather one or two people with you and say, let's do this together. Come and talk to me. I'll give you the resource that, that John and Jack and I are using and others in our church. It's not complicated. But it does require this. It requires that you make a decision to come near to God. Because we have to make a decision to recognize the risen Christ in our life. Mary, Lord, when they broke the bread, it's Jesus. Cast your net on the other side. The Lord is provided. He's ready. He's ready. Will you look up? from your straining at the horns to see the risen Christ. John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is about knowing Jesus Knowing Jesus is about recognizing Him and choosing to come near to Him. I hope you will. Eternal life is at your fingertips. Reach out and accept the gift. Christ is risen. Thank you, Jesus that you rose from the dead, that you walk with us, that you strengthen us, that you provide for us. May we recognize you all around us 
And may we help the world to see you as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming.